You're listening to DraftKings Network. Today on the Cooligans, in the first segment, we're talking about Chicharito. Yeah. Chicharito. Echicharito! <laughs> We're excited to talk about the new uh, LA Galaxy designated player. Uh, also, a re- an incredible trade happening in Major League Soccer. Julian Grasso leaving. Uh, we'll talk about that, and we'll also uh, discuss uh, a couple other things. That's right. And in the second segment, we talked to Elise LaHue, the GM of Sky Blue FC. Complete turnaround for that club in only a year's time. So much exciting stuff for happening around the club. So many big trades at the NWSL uh, draft. And you need to find out exactly how all that happened because we asked her how all that happened that and more on today's episode of the cooligans hey guys elise lehue general manager with sky blue fc and i got that bag with the cooligans yeah baby Whoa! I got nothing. <laughs> He's out of gas, folks. <laughs> Car has sputtered to a stop. <laughs> Shoot the old dog. <laughs> He's got no more barks. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Cool Against. My name is Christian Polanco. And I'm nervous that if I lose my voice, I'll have no career. <laughs> Alexis Guerreros. I mean, I'm not nervous because uh, it, it'll give me some peace of mind. <laughs> Finally. And I'm going to have to make myself into a piece of ass. That's all I got left, mama. (laughs) Why are you telling your mama about your career choices? Wow. Uh, Yes, welcome to the show. (laughs) We are the Cooligans. We are your favorite uh, stand-up comedians that host the funniest soccer show that you have ever seen. You're damn right. And it's also what, Alexis? The raspiest. It's the gulliest. Okay. You already know what it is. uh, Thank you, my co-host, Taya Leone. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Huge fan. So, yes, welcome to the show, everybody. Yeah, we yeah, we, there's too when many did things our voice to, become raspy? Why did our voice? When? Become, when? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. Puberty? I don't know. <laughs> Good answer. We'll move on. Probably in Baltimore, which we'll talk about in a moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, oh, did she do 35 <laughs> interviews? Because we did. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, welcome to the show. We There's uh, a million things to discuss. Uh, right. Yeah. Like, even before, after, you know, after the MLS playoffs were done, MLS Cup was awarded. Uh, we were heading into the off season and we were like you know everybody worries what is the what is there gonna be to talk about guy do you guys take a break no we don't no we, we do go not. the way through what do you guys talk about and we're always like trust us yeah 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 there's enough <laughs> the, everybody the football producers were like look i'm kind of worried <laughs> the new cycle seems to seem to be a little bit slow if i were you i would stock up an ibuprofen <laughs> <laughs> and some energy drinks because <laughs> off season in mls is Wildly, <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, it's incredibly entertaining, and we'll we'll get to the Chicharito announcement. We'll get to the Julian Gressel wow. announcement, which that was a huge one. I did not. That was this morning. I'm just like, excuse me, yeah, you know, I w- excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> he went back in time. Twenty first language. Okay, tranquilo, señores. Tranquilizzi. Put the two together. <laughs> Because <laughs> there's too much going on in, in American soccer, but we have to talk about uh, our time in uh, um, in Baltimore. If, if U.S. soccer or American soccer was your friend, you'd be like, yo, you're doing too much. <laughs> 
you need to take it take it down a notch. <laughs> Is U.S. soccer anyone's friend? <laughs> <laughs> Do they want us to be their friends? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> We're trying our best. Anyway, but uh, we we were in Baltimore for the United Soccer Coaches Convention. That's right. Uh, this is our, our third year uh, going, our second time. And I'm happy to announce just as many dad jeans <laughs> as there have been in the last two years. No, no, this, that is the uniform for the American soccer coach. You know, when I'm like straight fit or boot cut, why even sell these? Who's buying them? You are soccer coaches, that's who. <laughs> Don't you dare get those off the shelves. I want 32% of all the backs of my sneakers covered. <laughs> so we did have a good time there, but before we get, before we continue, let's, uh, we do have a box oh, over right. here that we should, uh, we should open. What a box, by the way. It's got an advertisement for a movie on there, which we can't talk about. <laughs> okay. Alexis, just wanted to send along a little gift from our branch to you. Thank you for your support of the greatest team in the world, Arsenal. Ha <laughs> ha, shouts to you. Uh, enjoy the gifts and stay gully. I'm not going to say who it's from. It's from Corey, branch manager of uh, the Minneapolis St. Paul Arsenal Supporters Group and the North Elite. And there's a little note for you. Okay, and says, uh, sorry, Christian, I would have sent something for you as well, but you support the wrong club. Yeah, okay. your, <laughs> your team is trash, B. Here, whole stickers okay. of a team that's winning. Look at that. <laughs> it, 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 I'm being trolled th with a handwritten note. It hurts. Oh, I dropped a pin, and I'm not going to pick it up because these jeans are going to burst. But look at this. <laughs> oh, this is dope right here. Oh, really cool. All right, thanks, wow, Corey. How do these, how do these like uh, local affiliates got such nice merch? Wow, look at this scarf. Amazing. This. Hold this up on one end. Okay. Look at you. Do something. <laughs> you look like a co-rack. Act like one. <laughs> okay. Is this all right? First Corey, now you? Yeah. Please, hold it down. Everybody gets it. Look at this. <laughs> Arsenal Twin Cities. All right. I know what I'm wearing next time I go. Look at this. All right. You look good. All right. Thank uh, you. All uh, right. And uh, okay. So, Shouts to you, St. Paul slash Minnesota Gooners. <laughs> MSP Gooners. So uh, we should also uh, mention uh, the, uh, while we were in Baltimore, we got to talk to a bunch of cool people. Um, uh, who are some of the, the, the notable figures? We spoke to Peter Wilt. Uh, Peter Wilt. Peter I mean, Wilt, the, if you don't know the name, he so he was one of the, the guys that uh, you know uh, helped start up Forward Madison. Uh, he, uh, uh, who else? Uh, we spoke to uh, Sean Wright Phillips. He also won, he won a championship with uh, Chicago Fire. That's right, year. yeah. He was, he, dude, he's involved in, uh, very heavily involved in the creation of, of, of Major League Soccer and just American Soccer in general. He's working with USL now. Yeah, uh, Sean we, Wright Phillips. Sean Wright Phillips, uh, uh, you may have heard of, uh, he's a, a, one of the most famous families. Uh, of, of the London Right, Phillips. <laughs> yes, brother of Bradley, son of Ian. Uh, it sounds it's like a Game of Thrones character. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> He's from the house of Right, Phillip. Uh, we spoke to Emily Olsen of Sirius XMFC, also right. from Pro Soccer USA. Uh, it's in incredible. We had a great time talking to a whole we bunch of people. We did a bunch of other podcasts. It was awesome. Uh, we also, we inspired a 14-year-old girl to get into podcasting, so I'm sorry to her family. <laughs> we, yes, that was a thing. It was a uh, a young girl, I think she was like 13 or 12. I don't remember exactly her age. Beautiful she, game. She, just, she was 14. Okay. It was just like we were on podcast row and we're like amongst, uh, you know, all these adult, you know, soccer nerds. Right. right. And then it's just a, a child also on podcast right. row. Child soccer nerd. No, I don't know. If she's, a, <laughs> she's, a, she's a sweetheart. She apparently like uh, she had like a bad coaching situation mm -hmm. and like a ref yelled at her and she said, oh, the game has gotten too negative, already jaded at 14 <laughs> years old. I remember remember when I was a kid <laughs> three years prior that she decided to start a podcast to be more positive. 
Yeah. And because of that, she did not ask us to be on the show. <laughs> well, no, she doesn't need that kind of uh, cynicism yeah. on her on her show. You want to know what life is like? <laughs> well, okay, we've been in this podcast yeah. game for a few years, young lady. They're going to act like they like you, but trust me, they do not like you. <laughs> <laughs> they remember everything you've ever said. <laughs> she, le she leaves the convention smoking. <laughs> She's smoking a cigar. <laughs> She's just like, wow, I didn't know these three days would change me completely. <laughs> Dad, it ain't worth going home. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead. I'll make my life here in Baltimore. <laughs> and I got to give uh, a, a shout out because while we were at the at the convention, we went to a party, uh, uh, the rap party, basically for the for, for the convention. And I got this shirt that you see uh, right over here. It says Con Todo. Uh, and this Which is how you order a taco. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. I'm, I, I actually don't even know why it's it's specifically in reference to. It's how I'm, you order a taco. I'm gonna assume it's uh, it's 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 a taco related shirt. Yeah. Uh, so it is. Uh, so this is from uh, Redwood City. Uh, J A S A. I don't know how to uh, uh, the, the, how to pronounce. It, so basically, it's uh, an in, uh, independent adult soccer training academy. And I met the dude. Uh, we were at this party, and uh, I see the shirt on him, uh, and I said, "Hey man, this is a great shirt. I would love to buy that shirt. Where can I get it?" He's like, oh, we don't really sell it. Uh, I'm like, oh, cool. Is there any way I can get one? I'm happy to give you money or anything. He's like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, you want you want this one? The shirt he's wearing. Uh, and I'm like, sure, if you don't mind or whatever. He's like, you want to trade shirts? This, this, this is an XL shirt. I'm medium. I'm like, no, it's not going yeah. <laughs> to really work well. It would well. have been much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so he's like, all right, here, just take my shirt. He just gives me his shirt in the middle of a party. He wasn't wearing an undershirt. No undershirt. A hairy dude. Hairy dude. Sweaty. <laughs> hairy dude. <laughs> Give you the shirt off his back. Yes. You're doing laundry for the guy. So you're doing <laughs> I got to send it back to Redwood City, California. Hasa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but thank you for, for the shirt. And yeah, we, we met a lot of people who were a lot of coaches who listened to the show. Which it, is wild. It's so cool. Because uh, I'm like, you're here to take care of the children of the future. <laughs> and we're when you were an influence. We're here to destroy those yeah. children. Oh, no. <laughs> it seems uh, counterproductive. <laughs> uh, and while we were also there, we uh, the the I. Uh, their their conference happened at the same time as the convention. So right. we, and just like last year, we got to do stand up for them. And we also did a, a fun little MLS roast. We decided to roast uh, some of the clubs. Yeah. And it was uh, it was incredible. Super fun. It was a, a rowdy time, which right. now we know this is something we have to do again. Oh, absolutely. So uh, and we've got to go twice as hard. <laughs> so here's a here's a clip. Little, a little tidbit, a little taste. Yeah, I will. Moose boosh, if so you will. Take a look at this, and we'll be back uh, after you see this. Uh, is FC Cincinnati here? Wow. Okay. okay. Uh, wow, Lexus is impressed. Yeah, did FC Cincinnati show up? Oh, no, wait, that was a quote from every team playing FC Cincinnati last year. <laughs> Welcome to ISC, gentlemen. Hey. Uh, is Chicago, is Chicago Fire here? Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, can't, I can't recognize you. You look a little different. Yeah, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some of y'all got plastic surgery at Microsoft Paint. <laughs> Okay, all right, wasn't that fun? Oh my God, that's just, everybody gets it. We've said it before. <laughs> 
We say it again. <laughs> so, and even though you only saw a, cl a clip of two, yeah, trust we, me, everybody got it. We will be uh, if you want to see the full one. We'll be uh, giving it to our Gully Squad members. So, yeah, join uh, Gully Squad, bruh. And if you want to see the whole thing, it's uh, super, super fun. So, trust me. All right, so uh, let's uh, let's start uh, real quick with a couple uh, reviews that we yeah, got on. on we show love to people. Show love to us. Exactly. That is the rule. That's rule number. That's right. That's rule number two of uh, Cooligans. Right. When like when a fan would come up to us in Baltimore, say, "Yo, I love you guys," I would say, "Hey, I love you." And I would just stare at them when I'm blinking. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We 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 left Baltimore with a couple restraining orders. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, <laughs> for some reason, a couple less followers. <laughs> so uh, we want to give a, a shout out. Thank you to Philamonster on uh, on iTunes. So help uh, helping us get uh, you know 700 uh, the, for the quest for 700. That's reviews. right. You know who Philly is, right? Philamonster. Uh, who? That's the dude from uh, Defenders of the Bank. Philly. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I know. Yeah, I was yeah, not yeah. aware. Was not it was aware. from uh, it was from Queens. All right. Sweet. So he says, uh, uh, says favorite soccer podcast, five stars. It says, as a soccer podca podcaster, I look up to Alexis and Christian. Okay. I'm so sorry. Big mistake. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> uh, what they have done in five short years is awesome. Their show is by far my favorite soccer podcast. They are knowledgeable, uh, funny, and very entertaining. Always uh, look forward to new episodes. Keep up the good works, uh, work, my friends. FYI, Danny's Pizza on Leffert is better than fine, LOL. Okay, all right. Look, uh, Alexa, I said it's fine because I was trying to be nice, <laughs> right? Because I'm, I'm in your, I'm in your presence. Okay, <laughs> Alexis Caesar has already yeah. determined <laughs> the fate of uh, uh, Danny's Pizza. The sauce is too sweet. <laughs> they actually, it says it on the shirts. Sweet sauce, home of the sweet sauce. Just because Action Bronson likes it doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The guy's got a problem. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, next up, we have another review, oh, right? That's right. We got, that's right. Danny's just trying. No, I'm joking. All right. This one is uh, the funniest soccer show I've ever listened to, period. Ooh. Right? That's the subject. <laughs> so you know he's going to bring heat and the rest of it. Five stars or else we don't read it. And this is by MIG9000. Okay. Great okay. album. He dropped in the 90s. <laughs> uh, it's even better than the football ramble. Okay. Wow. Shots are being fired. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Smoke is traveling across the pond. Get the gat. Get the gat. Get the gat. Oh, because no. it's getting real right now. You see these Brits? <laughs> Brits are running to their sailboats to defend the island. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, yeah. We love the football ramble. Those great, are the homies. Great, football great ramble. dudes. We saw them live when they were here in New York. That's right. But look, the, look, the the world is speaking. Oh, I, so I, you're welcome to be mentioned amongst the greats. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if someone said you're faster than Usain Bolt, that's still pretty fast for Usain Bolt. <laughs> okay, we are blessing you with the compliment. Yeah, you're welcome <laughs> for being second to us. <laughs> so thank you uh, for that. So make sure to go on uh, Apple Podcasts and leave a review or on whatever podcast platform uh, you use. Anyway, okay. So let's get to the big noticias. Here it is. Okay. Because the she, MLS <laughs> is becoming a TV and a TV novela. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, because El Chicharito is finally Major League Soccer. has been announced. This uh, is it. As we're uh, taping this, there will be a, uh, a formal presentation uh, right. uh, by the LA Galaxy. But that's it. Well, 
he comes out of a he comes out of a burrito. <laughs> he just punches his way out of a burrito. <laughs> Interesting move. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but you gotta like it's chicharito con todo. Con todo. Right? <laughs> That's why we put this up. That's why he's wearing that. And no one told me. <laughs> no, this is uh, this is unreal. I mean, we were talking about it last week because it was heavily rumored. Uh, and now he's finally here. They put out a uh, LA Galaxy put out like a, a you know the the welcome video and they did the whole thing. It was uh, a dope. Wasn't that newspaper kind of leaked it all first though, right? I mean, I'm sure that was very much planned. They had all the photos. Yeah, but they had him in like the new kit. They haven't even released the kit. What's going on with MLS this year? <laughs> uh, yeah, they do. They got everything sort of like backwards. Uh, yeah, they're doing everything. Everybody's stressed. Everyone's yeah. running around. They're doing all these big announcements. They, there's no CBA in place. There might be. There might not be any games. Yeah, Chicharito <laughs> might be getting an extended vacation. <laughs> so uh, just incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. We, you know, we were just the, the rumors uh, on their own uh, were enough to get people like in an uproar. But this is just great. I, I'm excited think, to see him play. I wonder how this is affecting the season tickets. Uh, I mean, I think Alex usually pretty much sells out every game, right? Or something close to it. Close. I mean, they have a really good fan base. But yeah. I'm wondering yeah. if this is like, you know, I mean, those are way games. I, I think it's going to be uh, a close to, if not bigger effect uh, of, of Zlatan when Zlatan went on the away games for LA Galaxy are going to be are going to be wild. way bigger. Yeah. And I got to be honest. Chicharito isn't going to pay for a meal in Los Angeles. <laughs> the city no, is 50% no. they, They're going to make a law making it illegal to charge Chicharito <laughs> yeah. for meat, food. If someone, <laughs> I dare like the white person at the counter to hand Chicharito <laughs> a receipt and just someone smacks him from the back. He just gets stomped out. Put some respect on that man's name. And I say, con todo. <laughs> get, get it right. You know his order. Take all the guacamole or something. So sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> incredible. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I, I think he's gonna do very, very well. Um. I mean, I, those games going to Chicago, going like you know, Chicago's the big, gonna be lit. Soldier Field. I, honestly, I feel it's I, sold out. LA Galaxy. I don't know if they play this year in Chicago. I hope they do. But that that game will be sold out. I Soldier like, Field. I feel like MLS is gonna switch things around. <laughs> gonna, hey, this gonna this one. Like, yeah, you're gonna have to go play yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in Vancouver. Yeah, yo, Minnesota. You're playing in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what uh, to tell you. So it, it, incredible. So I'm excited about that. But then on top of that, I was excited about the Chicharito news. But then another bombshell, Major League Soccer, in Major League Soccer, um, Julian, Julian Gressel traded to DC United. What is going on? <laughs> this is a this is a beloved. Beloved. I mean the fans absolutely loved them. He 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 was very vocal and honest about uh, about wanting to realistically get paid more money, right? He's he's definitely earned a raise. Right. Uh and now we know uh, according to Stephen Goff of uh, of uh oh I forgot what publication he writes for. But yeah, Stephen at Goff, Soccer Insider though. I think he writes for the uh the Post, no? No, Washington Times. I could be wrong. Who cares? Uh, we'll, we'll Who confirm. Cares? Anyway, you know who he is. <laughs> anyway, so uh, he got I, traded for cash. Yeah, for Tam, uh, I guess uh, Tam and Gam. But he's gonna he's gonna get a raise. He's it's apparently he's gonna be paid. He he goes from one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars a season to uh, roughly seven hundred k plus what incentives. A bum. Uh, good raise. I understand why you would leave. I'd go anywhere you wanted for that kind of <laughs> that kind of change. Uh, this is. Yes, friend of the show, man. We uh, we our first live show outside of New York City uh, right. was with Julian Gressel. Uh, and, and you're welcome. 
right. <laughs> we got you this money, bro. Bro, now, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna pitch some app ideas now that you got this money. All right, all right, hi, Jules. <laughs> all right, uh, Julian Shark Tank Gressel. <laughs> I'm sorry, I passed. Oh, how dare you? Um, no, this is the, I, I, look. If you follow the the hashtag, uh, you know, ATLUTD, you will see a lot of a lot of tears, a lot of genuine uh, disappointment and sadness. Atlanta fans are wild furious. They weren't this furious when uh, what's his name? Yamil uh, Assad. Yamil Assad. They were upset. LGP. But when Donington Abbey, everyone was like, ah, right, yeah. Even Donington Abbey never. I mean, he wasn't a year one guy, right? No. So he, and and there were also like issues in the beginning also, of the Julian season. Also, Russell was like a draft pick, and he like built himself up to be the superstar. They say you can't get none in the draft. I've said you can't get none in the draft. <laughs> by the way, let's make it clear. I'd be like, why are we even doing his draft thing? <laughs> but look at this. I yeah. mean, he turned himself into a seven hundred thousand dollars, and I know. The soccer players everywhere else in the world are like, that's it? Yeah, yeah. I know, but yo, in MLS, 700K? Yeah, he came in the same year as Jack Harrison, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, and look at, look, you know, some of these uh, draft picks uh, getting paid, you know, it's making crazy. huge moves. So, uh, Julian Gressel gets reunited with Yamil Assad that's right. uh, over, over at DC United. And uh, I, I think this one move uh, in itself, Edison Flores, Yamil Assad, Julian Gressel, DC uh, Ola Kamara, yeah. DC United is going to be a real threat. I mean, I, I don't know if they can necessarily win the East, but arguably they're they're in like top three seeds, right? Right. To, to they also made Atlanta weaker. Yeah, this is a weird move, right? Yeah. I, I, a lot of people are questioning uh, Carlos Bocanegra's decision and Darren Neal's decision to to let Julian because Russell whatever go. money you got for him, you're gonna have to spend that much to get a good player that plays to his level. Yeah, I hope it works out. Uh, <laughs> good luck, Brooks Lennon. <laughs> you are gonna need that. A lot of pressure uh, on on your shoulders. So okay, so look, we don't get a chance to talk about the Ecuadorian league. All that often. It's a shame. And I've, I've told you for years we should pivot to yeah. Ecuadorian soccer a little bit more. <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> and you know what? You you were right. <laughs> but I was waiting for something to bubble <laughs> yes. to the tippity top of the news. And we got it. Okay. <laughs> we are here. We Ecuador has arrived. <laughs> what up, Ecuador? We're paying attention. <laughs> you got it. Okay, yes, you picked our interest. Uh, <laughs> because who knew it was bring your side piece to the game day. <laughs> yes. Uh interesting uh approach by Barcelona SC. The video's playing, so you're watching it. Yes. Uh, uh the fans were like, you know what? The wife isn't into soccer. <laughs> So let me bring her cousin. <laughs> uh, yes. So if you don't know, if you haven't seen this video, this is a, a guy who got caught on the Jumbotron, uh, basically showing a little bit of affection to a lady that he was with. As soon as he saw himself on the screen, he... Making out with her. Yeah, look, I mean, look, all, I, mean, know, I wouldn't call that making kiss. out. I don't know. That's not To me, that's a, pe- a kiss on the cheeks, not first base necessarily. Yeah, I mean, look, you <laughs> think his wife is like, well, it wasn't making He didn't show to. He didn't give her tongue. No, that okay, dude. He clearly loves me. Yeah. <laughs> All the other things that guy owns besides what he's wearing, it was on the lawn when he got home. Just it's just the the reaction, the moment. As soon as he sees himself on the on the jumbotron, he's like, 
Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, oh, I put the camera on me. No, honey, what you didn't Yo. see is on the Jumbotron, it's a kiss somebody who you're not married to, Cam. <laughs> and, you know, like, who am I to ruin a fun thing for the fans? And I think we learned because the, the kiss cam in general has right. become a, a thing where uh, people feel like it, it's it's an uncomfortable thing in, in public, uh, you know, in, in a public game or whatever. Because sometimes it's like the common joke, which was like mildly homophobic, right? Remember, when it used to be two, two guys. Two du- they would show a bunch of men and women and then it would be two dudes. Right. And then it'd be a ha-ha, we're uh-huh. laughing, we're not gonna kiss. <laughs> not again anymore. You know, but we're no, not drinking I bourbon. Think the, the camera operators out in Ecuador are like, <laughs> are like, okay, let's uh let's get some a uh, blackmail footage. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> right, who could we who could we take that? <laughs> uh, and this happens a lot because I, I don't think they show commercials in a lot of these countries. Cause when I watch like when I'll watch, uh, like obviously using my football TV subscription, when I watch the Uruguayan league, <laughs> okay. like in the moments where they're not playing, they're just, the camera's just on a girl dancing in the crowd. Oh, sure. Or yeah. a guy eating a sandwich, you know, <laughs> it's like on anything. So you should know that coming in. If you got your side piece, you'd be like, I'm sorry, they wouldn't let us sit next to each other just so you don't make it too hot. You know what I mean? But no, my man's got his arm around her. He's kissing her. And the, the problem is that as soon as he sees it, he does the elbows on knees. <laughs> Like, no, I was, oh, yeah, no, what no. you talking this about? Is a, this is a business no, meeting. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. Oh, you know, I was just negotiating. <laughs> I was using some hard negotiating <laughs> skills. Here. Okay, honey, this is a, a florist who, uh, yeah, and she yeah. was telling me about all these new roses that I could purchase for you, honey. And for you, for the <laughs> wedding. Did you know we're going to get remarried? And oh, here see, I, I am. I was trying to surprise you. Right here I am trying to get us a savings. <laughs> you know, how you think? Her husband feels. Don't even worry about me, babe. My husband. We gotta think about their love. You know know? what I mean? Maybe we should go over. Not you. I'll go over by myself. (laughs) Ah, and uh, yeah, this immediately went viral. Uh, And then there's an article. Yes. So everyone assumed this guy was married and cheating on his wife. Turns out, 100, 100 percent. Internet, internet undefeated. Sometimes, sometimes jumping to conclusions (laughs) is absolutely appropriate. Hot scotch, baby. You landed right on it, buddy. You didn't have to jump too far. <laughs> um, yeah, look, what are you gonna do, man? I, like, I feel you feel bad for everybody involved, right? But it's just like, don't uh, I, I don't know, cheating one on one has to be don't bring a girl to a, a very public event like right. this. Right? Like, this guy almost ruined our friend the Loopers <laughs> thirty for thirty for thirty because <laughs> yeah. this guy went thirty for thirty for thirty. <laughs> Yes, he's uh, he's out for a, a, a different journey, a different yeah. a different challenge. The Looper's like, here I am picking out all these costumes, <laughs> dancing, when all I had to do was make out with someone I'm not married to. Yeah, and it's unfair, right? Because the Looper's doing a, a positive thing for the, the, the society and the community. Right. And this dude gets more views right. by doing something terrible. Right. That's what you're the Looper, just make out with someone. <laughs> And then as soon as the camera switches, you pretend that's not her. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, no, business meeting. <laughs> so uh, just, yeah, incredible. Hopefully uh, everything works out. <laughs> yeah, and also in the future, if the cam- the kiss cam goes on just two dudes, just make out full tongue <laughs> and make that cam, that homophobic cameraman uncomfortable. <laughs> Do it for culture. Exactly. Uh, so um, on, uh, we should also talk about some serious soccer right. news uh, as well, because uh, Toronto FC, they, they had some uh, uh, big 
development. Uh, Their midfielder, Michael Bradley, uh, will be getting surgery. Uh, He had an ankle injury that uh, he will be out now, I believe, four months. That that's the expected amount. June. Yes, so he's gonna be out for a while. He 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 got injured during. He must have gotten in training, right? No, last few days. No, he got injured uh, in the Major League Soccer Cup, uh, which was two months ago. (laughs) So the MLS World Cup in Seattle. (laughs) (laughs) So he got injured two months ago, getting uh, getting surgery now. Uh, So instead of being just out about two months, he is now. will now be out four. Uh, So he missed a lot of the season. Uh, What is what is the reasoning behind? The two month gap. My man went on vacation on this injury. Yeah. So, but he, I remember even at the game, it was right after the game, it was already reported that he had an ankle injury. Right. Uh, so, you would have thought something would have happened. I assume that uh, Toronto FC medical staff were assuming it would either get better on its own or. Well, they- it said that they tried to rehabilitate it with that invasive surgery and that failed. He's in New York getting the surgery. You want to just go down there, get one of these cameras, go mobile? Hey, hey, you want to break HIPAA compliance and just bust in the door? Yeah, he's doing it today. So what is it? What? There's four major hospitals. I could probably guess which one he's doing it at. I could call my wife and find out if she knows. I'm sure she'll lose her job if she tells me. <laughs> okay, yeah. Just make it. Make it. So whatever. We live on the street. <laughs> Remove the, the yeah. you know, the, the, the income that you desperately need. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. And the health insurance. <laughs> So, uh, but no, he also Josie Altador uh, made very public comments saying that he felt Toronto FC uh, mishandled this situation because, uh, yeah, he wants his, you know, he wants his teammate back, the captain of the team. Also, uh, yeah, I mean, who wants to have one of your best players, a DP even, have half the season off, essentially? Yeah, and and to be, uh, and when this could have probably been avoided. I don't know what the, exactly the medical approach was. We don't know, but we know that people are not happy with the decisions that they eventually made. Toronto FC treated Michael Bradley the way I treat the garbage when D's like, you're going to take it down? I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it. Relax. This ain't gonna be fine. We're cycling. We got one box. <laughs> Who cares? Okay. The, the season just ended. What, are you gonna make me do work? Next yeah, week. I'm supposed, to, Who cares? I'm supposed to take off. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about uh, another a story that was kind of interesting. Um, yeah, Vincent Company, form, uh, formerly of uh, Manchester City. Obviously. Manchester City legend. Belgian national team. Uh, yeah. Uh, captain for Man City for a, a long time. Uh, scored that ridiculous goal that basically uh, won them the Premier League that uh, kept Liverpool off remember that, yeah. that that i think you only scored one goal last season one or two whatever but anyway you've heard of vincent company i promise i sure hope so <laughs> uh so currently he's playing for anderlecht uh in uh in belgium which if i'm not mistaken that's his childhood club i don't know i assume so because he's a player manager yeah, yeah, yeah so it's interesting right because uh this is i believe what wayne rooney will be doing for derby county he is already there uh, yeah, yeah yeah so the uh uh he they were recently playing uh against uh, uh club bruges right uh and goalkeeper uh for uh club bruges is uh simon mignolet which everybody remembers from the Premier League from the Premier League, from Liverpool he, yeah. he was there for a long time uh and there were there was flares thrown uh so the Anderlecht fans uh, I guess were not happy with Simone Mignolet for whatever reason it was like an exploding flare some people called it a firecracker I guess it's not like the traditional American firecracker I call it a pipe bomb yeah. uh, because I want to <laughs> <Yeah>. speculate <laughs> we're now in code orange <laughs> <laughs> okay no but they, they threw a flare and, and it did uh, uh combust to some degree right you, it popped so right. he was he, he got a little uh 
concerned about it, obviously. I mean, yeah. Someone tells you like, yo, we got firecrackers. We're throwing exploding stuff at you. <laughs> it's not going to make it easy for you to do your job with it, your back turned to those people. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's like a trust fall, but, yeah, uh, but yeah. the people behind the you are holding uh, pitch, pitchforks and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and fire. Uh, so the, uh, the, it just, the, the cool thing that happened is that Vincent Company actually, uh, even though this was the opposing goalkeeper, right. he went up to the, the supporters and, and, and did a very, he was very, uh, uh, you know, passionate and told them he, he gave them the finger, wag the finger, he chastised no. them. Chastised them. He said, "Don't do this." And you and you uh, you can't hear it, but you see if you can read his lips. Uh, he is saying, "This is my friend." This is my friend. Kept saying, "This is my friend." Stop doing that. Stop doing that. And uh, it, again, it's just a, a thing you would hope to see uh, across all of football. Right? Vincent Company is one of those people. He like exemplifies this type of character. Yeah. You know, his whole career, he's been the guy who would stand up and do the right thing. I, you know, if someone's throwing firecrackers. I'd be like, yo, homie, you on your own, dog. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay. Cause Get him, guys. <laughs> as you can see, it is currently a war zone. All right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've kind of lost control here. And maybe me wagging my finger would create more of a target than it really would sort of alleviate the situation. <laughs> uh, so just, it's just incredible. But it, look, I, I think this is a thing. This it's is so weird to be like, this is my friend. How about he's a human? <laughs> they throw it at somebody. I was like, I never liked that yeah, guy. Like so that guy, I get it. I told you. Good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Throw flares at my enemies. Yeah. We, we good. Uh, but no, the, uh, the, this approach with, uh, you know, we've seen it uh, for, for a lot, especially in the last couple of months uh, of fans either throwing things, uh, uh, you know, obviously either racism and also uh, like throwing uh, uh, drinks or whatever. Uh, and to see a player really not only just uh, 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 say like, hey, don't do that to the fans, right. but like, you know, uh, hold the dude and be like, yo, this is this is my man's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not do this. I ride with this dude. Yeah, yeah. 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 So obviously they, they, their teammates are uh, playing for the uh, uh, Belgian team and stuff like that. So they have a lot of history. Uh, so look, just like, again, it's just like you, you love to see it from from right. Vincent Company. He's a, he's what an are they example. So upset about with uh, Simon Mignolet. I don't know. I don't know what he did. There's nothing. He Whatever did. it is, Simon Mignolet to go. <laughs> 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 okay. All right. We could have, yeah, we could have avoided that moment, but we didn't. No, we didn't. Step right into it. Much like a firecracker being thrown. <laughs> the, the other thing I wanted to uh, uh, talk about uh, real, real quick, uh, just uh, a couple uh, quick signings uh, that uh, were made in Major League Soccer. That's right. DC United has just traded for your puppy if you're an Atlanta fan. So everything you love is going to DC. No. Uh, Edison Flores, a Peruvian national. That's right. Uh, and then also Columbus. Did you see the video they did for him? We're not going to put it up because we didn't we didn't submit it. To, I don't know if we're allowed to put it. No. But you, you didn't see the announcement I did video? See, I did see the video. They it's took him. They, they took him to a Peruvian restaurant. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. It's kind of dope, but it's also at the same time, like, we could have done this at, like, a yacht, you know? <laughs> Bring You could have ordered it to go and just done it on right. a yacht. <laughs> we could have done this, so I don't know, at the penthouse. No, right? no, I know. Hey, look, I think DC United is is definitely um, making a, a, a bigger effort to connect with their fans. Uh, right, connect especially with the Latin community. The Latin which community is already there. huge, uh, exactly. And the video was uh, was in Spanish, uh, you know, obviously subtitled and all that stuff. It's great. I think more MLS teams should uh, make that investment into their 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 Spanish speaking uh, community, especially when that accounts for a large percentage of your fan base, especially your customers that are paying. I, sure, uh, yeah, that's right. 
taxes. Yeah. <laughs> they pay, have to pay to go yeah. to games. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> Listen, I, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, you know players that are uh, you know sort of wondering what they're going to do when they retire. You know what I mean? I'm one of those dudes like, oh, you think they're going to go into coaching, right? Like here, Vincent Company's already player coach, right? Yeah. What's going to happen? I, I, I was going to say Alessandrini. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Antoine Griezmann. Okay. Antoine Griezmann. You sound like you were about to sell some life insurance or something. Yeah. What are you going <laughs> to do with the rest of your life? <laughs> okay. What's going to happen to your kids? You're currently at your peak. You're doing your best. Yeah. You probably don't have anything else to think about besides the game. But you yeah. know what? What's going to happen later? <laughs> what happens if this gun that I brought with me shoots you in the knee? Right? <laughs> I feel like you're going to buy this insurance. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? I, I, tons of uh, packages. <laughs> absolutely perfect for I your mean, situation. Well, you're shaking a lot, but other than that, I feel like you should look at some of this convenient knee <laughs> insurance. <laughs> I wrote it up myself. <laughs> no, I was talking about Antoine Griezmann. Yeah, this is news. This is kind of cool. It's kind of dope. He's starting his own esports team. Yeah. So or what he's calling a Grease sports team. A Greasy, I think. I think it's Greasy, greasy Sports. Greasy Sports. It sounds just so... Just <laughs> sounds like the one I would start. <laughs> greasy. Yeah, you see yeah. right there. A little, uh, little cute little penguin. <laughs> so he's uh, so he started in E-League, so it's going to be the, the team, and they'll play in, in several different games. You Obviously, like FIFA. FIFA's got to be in it. Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, you imagine like a, like Call of Duty and things like that. Uh, but so This I is interesting. I've never heard of a player... Stop. I've heard of players becoming somewhat gamers, but I've never heard of one being like, "I'm gonna get my own squad together." Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, clearly the, the the there's money in this, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't get involved because there's tons of money. These people it, are filling out stadiums. Imagine uh, like filling out a roster of of gamers. You know, like what? You, obviously, you look at their stats, right? But it's just right. like it, the, the the level of commitment. Like you, you know, you're not in your mom's basement enough. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know. I don't think you really want this. Listen, <laughs> I spoke to your internet service provider, and they say you ain't. Really hitting the numbers you used to. Okay. Right? Yeah, Wait, right. The bandwidth. The bandwidth a little weak. <laughs> a little weak ain't what it need to be. So, um. It just so happens I brought this gun. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, uh, so I'm interested in what this is going to, uh, like his his involvement necessarily. But obviously, he's a, fo- he's a footballer for Barcelona. Well, also, his brother and him are starting this. So is this him giving his brother a job? Okay, maybe. Is it one of those things like, all right, look, if you're, if you're you're not going to just stop spending my money and playing video games. <laughs> Let's just find a way to make this work for me. Or yeah. this is a way to really work with his brother. Yeah, maybe. Because, look. Because Griezmann is a fan of the video games. Uh, exactly. And also a fan of Blackface, which we're like, don't do that anymore. <laughs> Imagine him and his brother start a minstrel show. We'd be like, everybody's okay. upset at you. The ga- why are the gamers in Blackface? We don't need it. It's not <laughs> Halloween. None of this is necessary. And you don't know. This is uh, another thing. Uh, I told Griezmann for Halloween one time, uh, dressed up as a, a Harlem home. Globetrotter in anyway, Blackface. All the way. <laughs> you could have stopped. Uh-huh. There's there's white globe trotters. <laughs> you don't. You, you could have <laughs> just put the jersey on. You know, he had an afro, black face, just went, wild. He went the whole nine. <laughs> and then people were like, yo, you shouldn't do this. And he's like, why? I wanted to dress up like a Harlem globe trotter. Yeah. Harlem ain't even like that no more. I don't know. I don't Stay with the blonde hair. It's closer <laughs> to what Harlem is like right now, anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested because a lot of players get a lot of uh, uh, they get uh, you know a lot of criticism for right. playing a lot of video games because they feel like the, the the coaches feel like they're not focusing on on actual you know playing soccer. Remember I, my idea, right? Which was to force them to play uh, FIFA in their position as themselves. Yeah. 
No. So you know what? I actually just read a, uh, uh, an article that said this is the one I wrote about how genius that players that spend times uh, spend time on their phone or playing FIFA uh, before games. Uh, make poor decisions during the actual when they're actually playing. So this kind of suggests that this is not a good idea. Okay, <laughs> I don't. Well, who who ran the study? <laughs> is it the book lobby? Huh? <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah, uh, maybe. But you know, is I, it the board game lobby? <laughs> <laughs> they come. They're making a comeback, right? The playing card lobby. They're like, we got magic all tied up. Now you know we what? need to get. Yes, right, we need to get yes, the deck of cards. Yes, everywhere. that would be great. If you just play Hungry Hungry Hippos yeah, before a game. Yo, <laughs> what you doing in the game of life? <laughs> Think about the whole thing. So, uh, But uh, Musa, no, who is it? That, uh, Dembele that plays on, um, is it Musa Dembele? I think on Barcelona? Musa Dembele. Musa Dembele. There's yeah. a lot of Musa Dembele. That are, There's uh, also a lot of Dembele. Yes, uh, but yeah. he, he plays on Barcelona. Whoever, he, the, whoever the first Dembele was, was getting it in. <laughs> All over the world too. <laughs> so he uh, he's also been criticized a lot because he gets injured often, and right. he also plays a lot of video games. So they, they, that's been like another thing. And now Antoine Griezmann is starting a whole e league. So I, I want to see if the Barcelona coaches come with the same energy towards Antoine Griezmann. Right, right. Well, he's making it legit. You know, he's yeah. taking it. He's taking it to the next level. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not being lazy. I got an LLC. <laughs> Everybody okay, relax. not just uh, you know hitting all the, the all the you know the controllers yeah. and stuff like that. It's uh, I'm it's just a business venture. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, in fact, get out of my conference room right now. <laughs> okay, schedule a meeting yeah. like everybody else. And also, I told you, you're not allowed to be in here unless you're in blackface. <laughs> <laughs> I make the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Greasy Incorporated. Uh, we have to talk about Gio Reyna. Yeah. Uh, uh, because he finally made his debut for Borussia Dortmund. Uh, With the first team. Like, this is official. It's huge. So, uh, if you don't know Gio Reyna, he is a U.S. Uh, youth international. Uh, uh, left the NYCFC Academy, joined Borussia Dortmund, uh, and it was it was lighting it up at the at the youth, like, 20s in uh, with, with Dortmund. He was captain of NYCFC's uh, Academy, was he not? I don't know. Uh, you, I believe he was. Okay, okay. So it was uh, a U twenty, U twenty captain. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, uh, but he's uh, f he finally got his debut on the in the same game uh, that uh, Erling Haaland also uh, gets his he debuts. Also get hat trick, hat trick, which it's, is like yo, like let my man live a little bit. <laughs> you flex it too hard, dog. Yeah, um, huge. I mean, this is um, what makes this huge is that. NYCFC, I don't think received anything for the transfer. No, no, because they didn't transfer him. He they just didn't left transfer. the academy. He left the academy and yeah. then signed with. Borussia Dortmund. And now he's already starting. Now, I know Dortmund allows like uh, kids to play at an earlier age. That's like their thing. They like letting some of the youth players play um, early. But I, it's I think it, now we're at the point where like, all right, the biggest names and the biggest talent that we have in the academies in America are choosing to leave to get a better opportunity. Yeah. And, and, and that money's not going back. Yeah. And if he, look, not every player has this kind of opportunity no. uh, to, to go to Europe. And not actually, everyone's dad is a GM and VP. Yeah. I think now he's with. Well, Austin. it's not, it's not just that. It's um, because uh, Claudio Arena mm -hmm. uh, has a passport from, I believe, Portugal or somewhere. He has a, he has a passport, an EU passport. Yeah. Obviously. And he could, 
pass on citizenship to his son. Uh, and that's why he ends up easy, making the easy move. American kids uh, that don't have that connection to Europe don't have can can't easily make that move. Right. Uh, but it's good that Gio Reyna took out, took the took the chance uh, and is also uh, thriving there. Right. To get the opportunity. I mean, to, thriving is another word. He just got there not that long ago. Yeah. And but here he is. Yeah. So uh, so now it really uh, puts into question uh, his he, is he going to get a senior call up for the U.S. men's national team? Uh, if you're playing for Borussia Dortmund and whether even on the bench, hmm. uh, let's say he gets a couple starts. If you make the 18. Yeah. You're now it's like, all right, we yeah. got to start getting this kid. Uh, but, get and he's him. clearly not going to get the January call up because that's a different type of camp. Correct. And it's almost February as well. Yeah. So. But you know what I mean? Like he's not going to get that call up. You know what I mean? He's going to get. Correct. Like, but how about um, uh, World Cup qualifiers, which will begin next year? Let's go. You think Gio Reyna is a uh, part of that? What position do you think he'd play with the men's national uh, team? He's probably going to be on the wing. Right. Uh, well, we had with? when we were talking to Ivan Skolarsup about it. Uh, we, we This is what we were rumoring, right? Like, oh, is it possible this is going to happen this quickly? But now that he's uh, that he's starting, he he helped set up uh, Erling uh, Haaland on one of the goals. Uh, he's looking incredibly comfortable he in the Bundesliga. so good. This is and the Bundesliga is a very high technical skill league. It's not there's not there's a bit more parity in that league than there are in others. Sure, it's so not. It's not like you know when you play with Real Madrid, you get a couple weeks off because you're playing some teams that aren't that great. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often in the Bundesliga. Yeah, and uh, so I, I'm I'm curious um, what the effect of not just uh, if this partnership with uh, with Holland is, is, is it going to be is it real is it really going to happen is Jorena going to get a lot of uh, minutes I, I I hope he does but Erling Holland more than anything looks like he is uh, he came from uh, uh, Salzburg I thought he came from Leipzig uh, no 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 he came from uh, the Austrian uh, Bundesliga so he came from Jesse Marsh's team yes yes because yeah. remember he played against uh, Liverpool and all this yeah, stuff. that's right so he uh, yeah he was scoring buckets uh, just yeah. uh, uh, goals and 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 to do that to get a hat trick your first game in Bundesliga when everybody's like oh you understand he can do it in Austria or whatever uh, and it's almost as good as what Christian Pulisic did getting a hat trick in the Premier League so, okay America so, <laughs> so are you saying that Christian Pulisic is better than Erling Haaland because he got a, a, a hat trick in the Premier League as opposed to Bundesliga yeah <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> step your game up, Bundesliga. No. Uh, no, I think it's a... It's incredible to step in and get a hat trick no matter who you are, where you are. Yeah, because well, there there, there was a lot of uh, uh, rumors of where Early Holland would go because the, I, I, I think... He was being looked at by, I think, United? United, uh, the airline. Probably, the yeah. airline. <laughs> One of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> Terrible airline. <laughs> the, um, but no, I, th I, I could have sworn um, Cristiano Ronaldo was... Like trying to recruit him to Juventus, like to like, his esports team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's great in Fortnite, and we really need that kind of talent. Yeah, I know uh, on our good. team. <laughs> why why sweat so much, dog? <laughs> Get in here, lose the ass. Speaking of uh, uh, esports teams, remember Jay Ajayi, uh, who uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from Philadelphia Uni played for Philadelphia, you know, the e in the EMLS tournament, got waxed beyond belief. It was really really bad. Really, he did not play well. At all. Nice, <laughs> it was a big deal. So Oh, look, NFL players uh, need a little practice before. No, you're lame. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, best of luck in the next tournament. That was rough. All right. All right. We'll be back with more right after this, everybody.
Everybody, thanks so much for listening to the episode. We just want to bring you with a word from one of our sponsors, us and you. Us and you, the supporters. The supporters group of the Cooligans. <laughs> That's which... right. Golly squat till I die. I'm <laughs> golly squat till I die. Okay, we love you very much. No, uh, we have a, a lot more to uh, give the Gully Squad. Uh, and this is this will be the, a good time to join now because uh, this is going to be a lot of hot content coming at you. Oh, yeah. When we were over in Baltimore, we did a little bit of a roast. So that, yes. that is going to go over to the Gully Squad members. So if you want to see that video, if you want to check that out, if you didn't get a chance to go to the ISC, all you got to do is join Gully Squad right now. Exactly. So go to SoccerCooligans.com, uh, click on Join Gully Squad, and you can uh, join at any level, whatever you want to, uh, whatever you feel you want to su- uh, uh, support. Uh, have a, how much you got? That's really yeah, what we want. What's in them pockets, bro? <laughs> that should be one of this, one of the options. Like, what you got? Exactly. I mean, it's a, it's for exclusive content. You can play us in FIFA. You get you can you can get to know the cool games. You can get have Alexis rate your pizza. So there's a lot of uh, cool things uh, for you. So uh, go uh, join Gully Squad. You'll you'll get a a Cooligans pin. There's there's just yeah, too, you, too many cool things. There's a lot of exclusive stuff, but also it's really the, the lifeblood of our show, and it's what allows us to get to places, and it's what allows us to get those interviews that you get that you wouldn't get anywhere else so thank you so much to everyone who's ever joined gully squad our our success is because of you you made this happen and if you if you haven't had a chance to join and you're thinking about it go ahead and do that all you got to do is go to soccercooligans.com uh you can go to slash gully squad you can just click on the join gully squad button right on that front page um it would mean the world to us we are joined by an incredible guest. I am so excited to have uh, this person. Uh, I mean, it's not only just a great guest, but it is, it is a, a perfect timing, right? Because Absolutely. This, this couldn't have even, this is incredibly serendipitous, right? Because this is a, the, the rock star of the NWSL right now. I mean, this is the rock star of soccer. Right yes. Now. Okay, sure. Well, she's starting a music career. That's why I mentioned the rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, because at the NWSL draft, she was air guitar the whole time. I might have made that up. <laughs> But she is the GM, and as I like to say, the mover and the shaker, especially after this past week, of Sky Blue FC. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the one, the only, unless you're driving, put your hands together for Elise LaHue, everybody! Elise, hello. Oh, hello. hello. <laughs> I don't know where to start after yeah. all that. Thank well, you for the intro. Well, tell Absolutely. us when the album is coming out. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, like our league schedule. I can't tell you yet. <laughs> already, um. already, already blowing smoke. Uh, Elise, uh, we, I, we're, I've been dying to talk to you because the last, especially the last couple of weeks, uh, so much has been going on, not just with Sky Blue FC, uh, but with the, the league. Uh, and you uh, have been involved uh, you were working with the Red Stars. Like you've been clearly involved with the league for a long time. Uh, can, let's, let's probably just start with uh, what happened over uh, the, the draft. And the NWSL draft uh, was uh, Thursday last week, and uh, a bunch of and you won, and you won, <laughs> you, <laughs> you won the draft. <laughs> you won the, uh, you, uh, you signed a couple players, uh, made a, a trade, made a lot of trades, uh, got money. Uh, I, I mean, everything's going seems to be going very well. Uh, what was that like for you? That just uh, handling the whole process. Hiring. Okay. In short, uh, yeah, long week. Obviously, a lot of planning leading up to the draft. And as I say, you've got to be uh, nimble to the process because you never know what's going to happen. You know, we had been in uh, Pew's a player we had been targeting, and we got to a point where, you know, it looked like the spirit were going to hold on to her for 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, came about draft morning that, that reopened again. So, um, again, being nimble to the process. And uh, it was a, a big surprise for us to have her come back on the table essentially after we had already moved our number two and three picks um, into a 
different situation. So for us, just really exciting to have that open up and, and we jumped at it, took that opportunity. And like you said, I think we're, we're stoked coming out of the draft when you can get, uh, you know, your top target and a, a draftee that we were looking at in Evelyn Vienne, pick up Mal Pugh and then also get some allocation money as well. It's an exciting day. What When you go into it, and I don't think I've ever seen this before, regardless of the sport of the league, where you had a reporter embedded with you during that process, where normally most GMs are like, no, 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 you can't hear yeah. how the process works. You're like, get in here. This is what I'm eating for breakfast. <laughs> this is who's texting yes. me. Look to, at this, memes. <laughs> you know, I heard you big with sure. the memes. Yeah, shout out <laughs> to uh, Meg Linehan who, from Meg The Athletic. From the Athletic uh, who, who did an incredible article. Yeah, it was a, a uh, great article. Yes, he's been on our show before. She said it was exhausting, so I can't imagine what it was like for you. She was just watching. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that means. Uh, she was exhausted by by following us, but uh, meaning was like it was never ending. It's like a big it process. Is, it yeah. is. Yeah, it was a lot. To, it was a lot to follow. I couldn't keep up with most of it, to be yeah. honest. And uh, the texts and the calls and everything that, that relates when you have the two and three pick and you kind of already have an idea who's going number one. And you know, Portland's not moving that. I think we were, you know, the the queens of the ball at that point, having the two and three, and a lot of people were interested in them. So um, it. It was uh, it's terrifying a little bit to have a reporter come in, you know, any of that information you don't want to get out in advance. But I've known Meg for a long time and she's the, the best of the best at what she does. So, 100 percent. Yeah, she's phenomenal. So if anyone was going to tell the story, it's nice to have her as part of it. Yeah, now, maybe this is something you don't want to reveal. But how much do you plan ahead and what is the result with the results of the draft? How close was that to what you thought would happen? Yeah, I think outside of the the Pew trade, we we went in with a plan in terms of the players that we were looking at, and it went pretty true to form, even even with that movement. So um, Evelyn Vian was always one of our top target as a team. Um, we were lucky to have her uh, in the in the five slot when we picked up. So it went pretty much according to plan out, outside of that. Um, maybe a player or two we were looking at that fell off the board because um, right. we um, obviously picked up Pew in that that trade, um, which we'll happily do. No no issues there. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that's not a problem uh, to be nimble with that. But um, otherwise, uh, you know, it was uh, uh, rolling with the changes on the day. But but we still got the, the top player we were looking at and a couple of the other players that were high on our list. So we're happy with it. Incredible. Yeah. And uh, the and the, I guess I'm, I'm curious about the 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 vision uh, based on like uh, on the uh, with the draft and the vision of force sky blue and how you guys uh, want to play. Like so, I, so I've, I've never spoken to a general manager about how to run a team. I'm curious. We got a lot of ideas. <laughs> are interested. I am. We yell a lot into these cameras. I'm curious how much of um, the draft and, and that day uh, affect like when the opportunity to get Mallory Pugh uh, arises are you like uh, oh okay this might change tactically what we do but it's, Mal it's Mallory Pugh we gotta, we gotta move forward. Like yeah. you have to convince the owner or, any, or anything like that. Sure I mean even with like uh, Kaylee Real player we picked up from Penn State in the draft mm. we didn't think she'd be available there and to be honest were pretty solid at the center back position, but to have a player of that caliber that that dropped to that point in the draft and we didn't expect her to be there, she was somebody we had looked at but just didn't think she'd be available. So it was one of those cases where it's like we can't pass up this player right now. We we've got to go with it and and we'll make adjustments as we go along with our roster. There's still, you know, you got to get through preseason and see how everybody comes in and how they're doing. And it's it's a long season ahead of you, so you want to make sure that you've got some choices in each position. Because those are the two ways to draft, right? You take the best player available, or you take the one that fits the best fits your system your mindset is pick the best available at that point in the draft yeah at that yeah. point in the draft yeah, Ooh, there's so many the variables <laughs> it's so exciting it is and uh, i would be i would like be training everything i mean i just want to be you know making moves you you just know? Want, it's like just somebody text me 
You I know? Need some action. I need some action. You know? <laughs> this is why I don't gamble. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, it is like a um, uh, the energy of, of of the draft, especially. I loved Meg's article because it felt like uh, it, it felt like it's a, like a movie. It felt like a screenplay yeah. for for the West Wing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it felt like a script. It was. Uh, uh, the, it, it like, do you plan to come in and yell at everyone at one moment just to ratchet up the excitement? <laughs> no. Does that happen? No. We're, we're, you know, my crew's pretty laid back, honestly. Freya, our head coach, yeah. she and I get along really well. Marsha, our technical advisor, we're we're just loving what we do. We we get along. It's like this banter, right? When we get together and we're talking, obviously we're serious and we're, we're talking about the future of the club, but we all get along so well. So I think it makes it fun and relaxed for us and we enjoy the process. And what if you got to fire somebody? You can't, you can't, everyone can't be your friend. <laughs> That's, that's that's true. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully won't get to that point. Obviously, but, oh, hopefully not. But I think, you know, some of the humor came across, hopefully, in the article. Yeah, we were, we're usually bantering and, and joking. We've got to keep it. When you're in under that much stress in the process, you've you got to keep it lighthearted. Yeah. yeah, right. Okay. Now, the NWSL has uh, this sort of allocation money, right? But it's very different than with some of the fans we might know from MLS. So how exactly does the allocation money work? Is that money that comes from the league and then you're allowed to use that? Are you allowed to sort of you've traded for that in some instances, right? How are you allowed to say how much each team gets? I believe it's public. We have a 300,000 we can put in. So that's essentially out of our own salary cap. Right. It's, you know, our own money we'd be spending um, above and beyond the regular salary caps. There's right. certain players that qualify for allocation money that we could use that pool of 300 on. But you can also trade it to other teams. So that's where we ended up getting some allocation money in this right. draft. And what it's, are the what are the characteristics of the players that you can use it on? Uh, it's like international players, and then there's um, you know a list of bullet points that if a player meets a certain number of them, like how many national uh, team caps they've had, how long they've been in the league, things like that. Okay. Do you do you consider the marketability? And this is league wide. This doesn't have to be Sky Blue FC. A, a, a GM, do you have to consider the marketability of the player? Like at any point, you'd be like, "Yo, what do their Instagram followers look like?" <laughs> like, I, and I'm not. I mean, it's kind of a joke, but at the same time. That's important for a growing league is how like we were talking to uh, the GM or not the GM, the vice president of Bayern Munich. And he was like, yeah, when we brought in Philippe Coutinho, he had more followers than we did as a mm -hmm. club. That became important for us. Is that something you consider? Because that is something that's a, it's a big, strong set of the of the player pool that NWSL pulls from. Yeah, I think if you obviously the national team players have typically a larger following. Just yeah, uh, they're stars. Ver, yeah, they're stars in virtue of the media that they get. So you know, bringing in a player even like Mal Pugh, obviously she's going to have a lot more followers than a typical player within the league. I think the rest of the players that are non-national team players don't often get as much attention unless they play for another national team. So um, certainly we look at it, but I think it's also our responsibility to make sure that fans know our roster top to bottom and get to know our players. I, I feel a deep responsibility to put them out there and make sure we're doing our part. Yeah, yeah. and that's uh, one of my favorite things about you and what you do because you are, you also have a, a great uh, Twitter account and you are very uh, uh, vocal and you and you connect with a lot of uh, a lot of the fans. But one of very online. It's it's the future. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> but you get a lot of AOL CDs. <laughs> Got a couple thousand hours. Giving, giving them out at games. <laughs> hey, you take one, huh? 
Email me. <laughs> but no, you um, uh, posted recently about uh, getting help for the players about you know their their websites, building websites and things like that. Uh, and and just hearing your uh, feeling like you have a deep responsibility to uh, to the players to c- uh, kind of uh, help them do that and handle that as part of like it, it's sort of becoming a part of their job. So like, is this a common um, general manager role? Right? It doesn't seem like that's necessarily the case, but I feel like you're doing a service not to just the league, but for uh, the sport as well. Yeah, I think I have to apologize to all the people that reached out offering help. I got so inundated by by the community. Yeah. And I think that's what's so great about women's soccer. It is such a tight knit community and Absolutely. so many people are willing to help that all you got to do is put the word out there. So um, I apologize to all the people I haven't responded to yet because <laughs> I had so many people reach out saying they wanted to help the players. And I've, I've talked to several of them as many as I could before the draft. Um, but yeah, I feel like if you just put things out there, um, folks want to help the players. They, they want to be involved. They want to see this this sport grow and this league grow so um, for me being transparent being open using social media as a tool to interact with fans I think is really important especially on a team like Sky Blue we're really trying to get back to the community and make sure that they feel like this is their club I always say I'm just a conduit you know I'm just in a role where I'm here to serve the fans and to make sure that they know this is their club and they have a big say in in where it goes (laughs) yeah actually I want to say I don't agree that you're just a conduit because you've done something that I don't think I've seen the when we first went to the draft, the feeling around Sky Blue compared to where it is now. Yeah, last year. Yeah, it's been huge. The jump, the the feeling behind the club. You went from a player saying they didn't want to play at Sky Blue to now it's the hot spot. That's mm-hmm. where people want to go. How did you turn that around? Give yourself some credit. Bruise, <laughs> bruise yourself on the shoulder blade by patting yourself. You did on the it back. all yourself. It's like, only you. It's all me. Yeah, yeah. Um, you heard it here first. <laughs> no, like how? How did that happen? And if it wasn't just you, that's fine. But how? How is it that somehow you were able to turn around the perception around this club so quickly? Because it really is now. Now you're at Rebel Arena for the full year. Everything is so exciting and fresh and new. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I came in, Tammy Murphy, one of our owners, she had been sort of a silent owner. She came in at the same time I did. And I think it was really just a matter of saying, like, hey, here's here's the things I see. Here's where Sky Blue needs to improve. And she said, OK, let's do it. Let's figure it out. So having a partner to go in through this process that was on the ownership level that said, you know, maybe we didn't realize the club was was so far behind where the rest of the league was and going, we want to be the preeminent club in NWSL and, and one of the, the top clubs in the world and, and seeing that vision. Mm-hmm. So I think it's one thing for me me to say these are the things we need to do but having the backing behind it to be able to do that is is the second part of it so um, definitely have to to give our owners and especially Tammy who's the first lady of New Jersey right, um, right. credit for for stepping up to this um, with me in this process and, and they've let me run a bit um, I think it probably scares them sometimes certainly when I do the behind the scenes <laughs> <Yeah>. articles <laughs> and um, I'm pretty transparent I'm very open I've been slapped like, on the wrist many times at least we're all these drones following you <laughs> it's, it's a thing we're doing so, yeah, I just say, don't worry, the fans are going to love it. It's yeah, okay, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, but we always said it was gaining back the trust of the fans. That was it. That was our goal as a front office staff. And I know that sounds like a simple statement, but it permeated everything we did, was gaining back the trust of the fans. So um, I, I hope in everything we did as a front office at, at Sky Blue that um, we showed that, and that's what we were trying to do, and, and we're earning it back. And I say we're still we're still in process. It's not done. Um, I still have a long way to go. I have a lot, of, a lot more goals to reach at Sky Blue. So we're going to keep plugging along and, again, having the owner's support to do that is, is yeah. integral in that process. Uh, and we should, uh, Alexis uh, mentioned it briefly, but uh, moving uh, to, Scott, uh, to, to Red Bull Arena permanently, 
wild. I mean, this is a huge, huge uh, move. And uh, you had done, I believe, two games last season. Uh, we went to the first one, and it was incredible. There was uh, tons of people there. Uh, how? I mean, frankly, how the hell did this happen? Right? Like that's. I know it took a lot of work. The the speculation was like that. It, I guess it was a difficult thing to to make happen, or that maybe Red Bull weren't super interested or intrigued at first i don't know the details but uh was it a, a a bigger mountain to climb than we may know like than the public knows and also you could lie and make it seem like you did an amazing <laughs> thing you know what i mean feel free yeah, all alone <laughs> yeah. it was me yeah. um no, when I when I came in as interim GM last April um, with Tammy, one of my targets was getting into Red Bull Arena and getting in that season, which obviously is difficult once your schedule has been announced and right. you already have everything set. Um, but I was determined that we were going to get in that season, at least to, to sample it, because I knew we needed to look towards the next venue for 2020. So um, the process started basically right when I came in. And, and it certainly wasn't a quick process when your schedule's already out and you've got everything planned. It can be very difficult. Red Bull's schedule was obviously set. Um, so it took a lot of conversations between both Tammy and I with Red Bull. And um, luckily, they became willing partners in the process to sort of let us sample it and to come in and give it a try. And, um, you know, I believe we had great success on the first game and that proved we could come back and do it again. Um, you know, we did those games on really short notice. I think we had about 12 days to sell tickets. So to get just over 9,000 for one, just over 8,000 for the other, to me, showed that the community was ready for us to be there and to be, you know, closer to New York City in a more densely populated area. Um, so those were sort of our proving grounds to show that we could do this. We could do this for a whole season. Um, and I think it helped Red Bull to have that sampling with us as well. Yeah. How, how far? Because, I mean, you're you're now close to where I grew up. I grew up in North mm -hmm. New Jersey. Right. Um, and the way I look at it is like I feel like. Uh, not enough is done to reach some of those communities like Newark, New Jersey. When you look at Red, uh, Red Bull and you look at uh, NYCFC, they're starting to do those things. But when you look at NWSL, I feel like NWSL, especially Sky Blue, you're so much closer to the community. And I think it's because you, you it feels like much more of a personal connection with the fans. Um, how close do you think NWSL clubs are to academies? And is that something you're looking for to the future? I know NYCFC has a, has a, a girls academy. How close do you think, let's say, Sky Blue is to having a Sky Blue academy? Yeah, we haven't had to really take it on ourselves, but around the league, you're seeing teams start to build their own academies and, and have good success with that. Um, for us, we've had some partners through the years, and New York Soccer Club is one of our current partners yeah. through the through the DA, the Girls Development Academy. So we've been able to partner with existing clubs, and that makes more sense for us now that we're in a transitionary and growing phase. So I can obviously focus on other aspects of the business. <laughs> I think long term, the league would like us, you know, to have our own academy. But for right now, I, I love having the local partners we have, and it allows us to integrate with a lot of youth teams and youth clubs who obviously through the years have been the bread and butter of our league, you know, yeah. families and um, their kids that play soccer. Um, but I think you've also seen we're, we're growing as a league and expanding and having Budweiser come on as a partner. And, and for us, we just had our first adult soccer camp. Um, I know you guys weren't able to attend, so yeah, we're going to we have away. another one. So I'll, we'll, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah be we'll, there. we'll have you at the next one. Do you have, what, what's the EMT situation? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we had a trainer there. Yeah. We, did. Yeah. We, we, we know better. Yeah, you know? Paddles nearby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm curious about a, a couple of things. We should talk about your your start uh, into this and getting into uh, soccer in itself. I know uh, I've seen you talk about uh, you. You used to be a coach. Uh, mm -hmm. You were also the GM for the Chicago Red Stars. Uh, while we were in Baltimore, we interviewed uh, Peter Wilt, mm -hmm. and he said that he. I, I believe he said he gave you your first internship or, yep. or one of your early ones, uh, which is which is incredible. So how did uh, how did you get here uh yeah. you know how did, how did it all start 
Yeah, I mean, picture back, it was, uh, you know, I, I went back and got my MBA because I knew a women's pro league was coming. So I was just biding time a bit and did some coaching, enjoyed it. But I knew I wanted to go into the business side of, of women's soccer. So MBA in what? What's that? What was your MBA in? Uh, just a general business with a focus oh, cool. on entrepreneurship. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so um, we're starting to piece together, right? <laughs> Such a good seeing, negotiator. Yeah, yeah. Seeing, seeing the trends there in yeah. business for yeah. sure. But uh, yeah, I I say I just stalked the Chicago team. I knew they were going to get a team. <laughs> this was back, uh, you know, like two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Um, kept an eye on them. They had a really terrible website with one page and no contact info. So I was just waiting until the contact info. You know, like sure. refreshing every day. Yeah. Hopefully they waiting. update their, their GeoCities site. You know, <laughs> yeah, it was. So uh, when the contact info went up, I reached out and said. Hey, if you need a volunteer or an intern, and um, I got a call from uh, Marsha McDermott, was the general manager at the time, and Peter Wilt was the president, and they said, "Okay, come in." So it was uh, the start to my career was getting to sit at a table with those two every day, and uh, just one do whatever they said, but also just listening and learning from them, which you know is obviously invaluable. And from there, I became a, a ticket sales account rep and just worked my way up from there. I mean, what a what a what a group to listen with, listen in on, and yeah. learn from, especially someone like Peter Wild, who's like, I think he actually said he started more pro teams than anyone else mm -hmm. in history. Yeah, I Jeez. think that's probably right. Yeah. <laughs> Looking around, and he started your yeah. career, and now look at where mm -hmm. you are. And I feel like you're just going to keep going. But um, what was the other question? Oh, uh, you had mentioned that uh, the owner Tammy is mm -hmm. the first woman of New Jersey, first lady, the first lady, she's not the first woman, first woman, <laughs> first woman she's, ever. She's one of them. Yeah, very impressive. <laughs> There's a few. She's the first woman ever um, in New Jersey. Uh, she's kept up pretty well. Uh, but she really is the first lady, right? She is. Yes. That's crazy. I thought she's you were busy. just throwing that in. Like, Owner, like Eve is the first lady of, of Rough Riders. Like, no, you really, you really she mean is. this. Yeah, no, obviously it keeps a very busy schedule, but um, she, she was really dedicated and put in, put in the work to help, help turn the club around with me. And um, so she, again, she was just an integral part in providing the resources and the support that I needed along the way. And she's still heavily involved, obviously. Um, so it's been, it's been tremendous to be able to work with her. And obviously she's, she's brilliant um, in and of herself. So having the opportunity to work with her has been really great for me. When you got the, uh, when the, the sky blue job uh, came up and obviously you must have, when you heard about it, you were like, okay, I don't know. Let me, let me, be sure what I'm getting myself into. What was that? Uh, uh, what was your impression? Uh, and did you really feel like I think I can turn it around quickly? Yeah, I had. Uh, most people don't know I had been with uh, came to the club about a year before I became the interim GM. Right. So oh, I've been okay, working okay. in the background, just kind of focused on revenue and just really kind of auditing operations from behind the scenes and taking a look at things. So I had been through the whole ride of, you know, when things kind of blew up in the media and, and really listening to the players and kind of getting an ear to the ground and seeing what was happening. So, you know, when, when uh, Tammy came and asked if I would, you know, take over in the interim GM role, obviously it was something that I had seen enough of the club by that point to kind of have an understanding on what I thought it could be and also some of the challenges that it had. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm older than I look. I've been around a while in women's pro soccer. Um, obviously, I was the GM in Chicago for five years. Um, so I, I had a pretty good idea and, and had been used to working in some larger markets. So um, I felt like I'm, I might be able to do something with it. So do you so ever question it. if it was too high of a hurdle to? to yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, the answer is yeah. yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because, yeah. um, I mean, for those who may not be following at the time that you officially took over, 
it was a, it was sort of rough state. It was like the it, it became newsworthy because of how bad it was or how bad sort of like the feeling around the situation was. And it seemed like something that could be it could be taken care of piece by piece. It wasn't like this overwhelmingly thing where like people were leaving the club left and right. But it was a situation that was hard to cover. And you certainly looked at that and you thought, like, I think I got this. Yeah, I think, again, one conversation with Tammy and I said, she gets it. She's in it. She's going to do this. And I said, OK, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll give this a try together. I, I believed in her and I believed what she had to say about um, helping propel this club forward. And I felt like I had enough background knowledge on the league and women's soccer. And and also just my interest in the fans, I think, was really crucial to the Sky Blue experience and turning the club around, because I think that's what was missing for so long is, is the fans really feeling the love and feeling like it's their club and they're a part of it and they have a voice. And that's something that's so important to me. So I, I think we a good combination of, of Tammy and the obviously the business side and her willingness to um, really wrangle the owners and, and get them to push forward. And then, uh, you know, me really wanting to embrace the fans and, and uh, increase the standards for the players as well. Yeah, yeah, it, can it, we call Tammy when we need help? <laughs> <laughs> Just a little, little pep, shit, little pep she's, talk. She's busy. <laughs> you are the first woman. Yeah. Yeah. Jersey, so. Well, hello, you're on the phone with the one millionth man <laughs> of Brooklyn. <laughs> Um, uh, so I, and I, I'm curious about that. That um, the issues that Sky Blue was facing were, uh, I guess, specifically last year, uh, were probably a little bit like rougher than probably some of the other teams uh, dealt with. But uh, as far as league wide, do you feel like these the, these issues when it comes to accommodations, when it comes to uh, housing, uh, how how do you feel like it, it's being handled uh, in the NWSL in general? Yeah, I think we saw a huge transition in the owners in the last couple months. And uh, without having a better name, they've been calling it NWSL 2.0 in terms of their greater investment. We saw the salaries have gone up for players, uh, increasing the the basement salary, increasing the the max salary, adding allocation money. Um, We're not doing housing year round for players. So um, I've seen the owners take a greater investment. You know, they hired Octagon to look at our commercial rights, make sure that we're getting on the right the right broadcast station, um, looking at all of our our partners and sponsors. So I think they've really taken a a deep look at the league, increased the standards for the players, which is where you have to start. Make sure we do that. And now looking at all the business operations, obviously we have a commissioner coming in soon. Um, So there's a lot of exciting changes going on in the league right now. And I think it doesn't start without all the owners really uh, going into a deeper investment and wanting to see this push forward. Is it? Oh, go for it. I was going to say, do you think uh, a lot of people make a lot of um, sort of make a lot of the sort of the bump after the World Cup? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Something about this doesn't feel like it's just the World Cup bounce or the post mm-hmm. World Cup bounce. What are your feelings on that? Yeah, I think without, um, you know, going too uh, feminist on your show, but we're in the midst of a pretty deep comedy. We ride but, with you. No, no, no. <laughs> no, we are as well, so go for it. Um, I, I think we're just in a really deep cultural moment right now, especially for women with, with Me Too and Women's March and, and mm-hmm. everything, even the national team talking about pay equity. Um, there's a lot of conversations right now from a cultural standpoint going on around women. So I think women's sports has just been able to tap into this this greater culture cultural moment. So I, I say winning the World Cup obviously is tremendous and, and it helps from a, a media perspective to get more eyeballs on it. But this does feel a lot a lot bigger than, right. than just a, a World Cup win. We're talking about a lot uh, bigger issues for women right now. Absolutely. All I right. mean, 
Look at look at how like uh, you know the the royal wedding, the crash zone wedding. Yeah. Look at the news that made. That wasn't just the World Cup bounce, <laughs> and we talked about it because we wanted to get invited. <laughs> yeah. We're learning so much, uh, yeah. and I want to ask a, a couple more things because we're learning how much we could never be GMs. <laughs> exactly, uh, yeah. we don't have MBAs, yeah. uh, so we got to start there. <laughs> but I, I did want to ask about the fact. Uh, it's also league wide. You are one of uh, two uh, female. Uh, general managers, uh, and there's also only one uh, female head coach mm-hmm. uh, in NWSL right now. Uh, I, I, you know, been following you on Twitter for like the, I, I believe like about a year. Uh, you are someone who is not just you know uh, a, a GM, right? I mean, without a doubt, you. I feel like you are have be starting to become this role model uh, for a lot of people, uh, not not just women, just a, a lot of people in sports. Do you feel any? sense of uh, uh, pressure or responsibility um, for, uh, I, I don't want to say necessarily a, a, a movement per se, but like uh, about doing things, to, to kind of showing everyone what can be done by, uh, by women in the league. Yeah, no, thanks for saying that. But um, I, I think for me, it's just trying to do the right thing and being a nice person. I try to keep things super simple. See, Alexis? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, Is that all you have to do? <laughs> that's, that's the key. Yeah. Um, well, I refuse to do it. <laughs> um, no, I think, uh, you know, I, I've always believed in the see it, be it model, right? So if there's no women in these high-level roles, how are especially young women, or, or not even talking about youth, but women that are in college now that, that want to see themselves in these roles. I think it's important that they see somebody. I think it's also why for me, transparency and and openness and and being open on social is really important to have that communication because, you know, there's no model I'm following. I'm making it up as I go as much as anybody else, to be fair. So um, I'm waiting patiently for the next, um, you know, young woman to come in and and do a better job than I am or the next player to come in and be a general manager and, and take over and do a much better job than I've ever done. So um, for me, it's just about being authentic and, and keep it simple with the fans and be as open as you can in the process. And uh, I like to be mean while complicating things. <laughs> <laughs> make it me- make it messy. Really shake it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you di- you didn't play professionally, uh, and a lot of general managers often are. Uh, is that was that ever a uh, an issue in, in any interview or anything like that? Like a, a, about questioning how much you know, quote unquote, you knew about the game. Uh, I just make sure I surround myself with a good technical advisor. So, uh, okay. you know, it's always, uh, I think, <laughs> as they always said, a, a good leader will surround themselves with somebody smarter than them in every position. So I think that's most important. So I don't have to be the expert on on all things. Um, so luckily, uh, Marsha McDermott's our technical advisor. And I mentioned her before as yeah, my, yeah. my first boss and sort of my role model as a GM. And now I'm in a position where I'm able to hire her to, to work with me. So we get to continue our, uh, you know, our, our careers together, which is exciting. So, um, no, I've never never had an issue with that along the way. I think, um, again, there hasn't been many women's pro leagues. So the reality is there's not that many women that have played professionally, just if we're, we're looking at sure, the numbers sure. yeah. um, through the years, uh, regardless. Yeah, yeah. And uh, OK, so we have a, a couple of questions from our Gully Squad members uh, uh, who are also huge fans of you. Uh, and I, I want to start with this one. This is from L- uh, Laura McCoy, uh, who I believe you met uh, at the at the party that we had in yeah. uh, in, in uh, North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, but she's she has specifically said, how is the allocation money being used uh, besides on player salaries? Uh, and she also uh, adds a note. She says, tell her she is an epic GM and that <laughs> I have loved uh, I've loved and know. 
uh, I loved how she uh, turned around, uh, turned her club around. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> um, in terms of using allocation money, yeah, it's it's when you get allocation money traded, you have freedom to use it how you want, essentially. So, um, you know, for us, we're we're still active in the international market, and we're looking. We think that's sort of the next step for us. Um, the timing is a little tough from the time that it was announced we would be getting allocation money and could go get you know players maybe beyond forty two thousand dollars a yeah, year, yeah. forty five a year. Um, it's kind of late in the process. Obviously, a lot of the international um, and European teams, especially, have players locked into multi year contracts. Um, so we're certainly looking, but the timing of it all makes it difficult for this season. Um, but we're certainly looking in the international market, and I'm going to you know keep my piggy bank on hand for uh, sure. for for looking for those types <laughs> you of know, players. For, you do uh, uh, an NWSL. $40 million transfer fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'd be great. That'd be huge. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd be great. What, um, this is from uh, Peter Carcio, who's another member of Gully Squad. Shouts to Peter. Uh, he said, what kind of challenges do, uh, does Elise face as a manager when some players do double duty between NWSL and the Aussie W League? Um, and she said, not sure if that's applicable for Sky Blue players, but uh, he knows that uh, Rachel Hill has done that before, uh, who's mm -hmm. a UConn grad who moved uh, from Orlando to Chicago this offseason. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for the question, Peter. I, I think in, when I was in Chicago, we had a lot of players that would go down to the W League and, and play. And I think over time, one of the bigger challenges was just the fatigue, right? You go from our our season straight into the W League season and you essentially end up, you start playing year round. Um, so I think fatigue was the biggest challenge as, as a manager to, to manage the process of those players that were just not getting a break at all. And I think over the years, we started to see some, some uh, injuries from fatigue from that multi-league process. Um, but the W League has been great for the development of a lot of players in the offseason and give them a chance to continue to hone their skills. Yeah, there's um, you also worked uh, in the WNBA mm -hmm. uh, as well. And I had just seen um, a Players Tribune, the interview with uh, Ali Krieger, Ashton Harris, uh, and I think Brianna uh, Stewart, right? Mm -hmm. if I'm uh, and she had mentioned that uh, you know people question when they when uh, the players play in Russia or whatever, mm -hmm. and she was just like, "Why wouldn't I play in Russia? How am I? That, that's where I will uh, make my money." So it's not you really. It's difficult. You can't fault the the player because they're not going to make. Uh, no. Much money in, in the in the league that they're currently in. You gotta in. go so, get that bag. Exactly, you gotta get that bag. So you gotta at least you gotta tell me go go yeah. get that <laughs> bag. Have the real bag behind. It. <laughs> I would love to hear at least say go get that bag. It's very popular in Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we got another question uh, from Mike Chiara. He says, uh, "What's the biggest challenge of being the general manager of a soccer club? Is there one also? Is there one move you regret doing or wish uh, you pulled the trigger?" on um I think one of the, the biggest challenges for me, especially over the last season, we were um, not only winning back the trust of the fans, but our own players as well. Um, and in that, it, that's a that's a long process to, to navigate. Sure. And it, it, the proof is in the pudding, right? You can tell them something, but they've got to see it, you know. So, uh, and I'm never one to to make any false promises. So I always take the same approach with fans as I do with with my own team and my own players. Um, and, and I think in that process, you know. It's a big roster. It's a lot of players to, to communicate with. And, and while I was managing the players and, and their expectations, I'm also out trying to navigate our own fans and bring them back into the fray. So I think for me as a manager, that was a good learning lesson for me was that it, it just comes down to time and you've got to really put the effort into each and every individual person. 
you know, that goes for my front office staff, that goes for players. Everybody needs to feel the love all the time. Um, I think that's really important. So making sure you take that time to to really appreciate each and every person, no matter whether they're out with an injury for the whole season or whether they're a starter, you know, treating all the players equally and making sure that they get the attention that they need in this process. I think, again, last season with it being so hectic and so much going on, that was one area that I wish I had done better on. But I'm I'm learning every year as I okay. go. Okay. All right. I, you ever I, walk around and say, yeah, I'm a, because people keep calling you a badass. Do you ever think to yourself like, yeah. <laughs> 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 Be honest. Never once, not once. Yes. You ever looked in the mirror and like, yeah. well, you got it. <laughs> I, I give myself pep speeches. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's, I still have a long way to go. Yeah. yeah I got to pep myself up every now and then. New sign for the bag. Get the bag. Get the new sign. I'm a badass. <laughs> uh, let's talk about some of the players that are coming in. Uh, and I, I don't have a list in front of me, but I know. Uh, I, so I want to ask two questions. One about the players that are coming in and some of the players that are leaving. Mm -hmm. uh, so we know uh, Midge Purse from uh, Portland Thorns, mm -hmm. uh, obviously Ma Mallory Pugh, uh, and there's some of the, the draft picks. Uh, uh, I forgot, Viennes? Uh, yep. Okay, Evelyn Viennes, right? Evelyn Viennes. Uh, who, who else am I missing? There were a couple more moves. UCLA. Uh, Anumanu. As yep. well, Ifioma. Yep. So we we traded for her. she's she's been in the league for a few years. So really excited to have her come right. in as well. From Rain. Um, and had three other draftees. We were able to still get somebody in every round, which was exciting with all of our trades we had um, to still be able to pick up four players. So um, Kaylee Real from from Penn State as well um, picked up a goalkeeper and a local Rutgers player with the the number four as well. So um, yeah, it was a it does your uh, uh, the, all the goalkeeper day. have uh, weird fears of uh, <laughs> similar yeah. to Kaylee. Sheridan's button fear. Uh, not that I know of yet, but we'll we'll have Imagine her on to find out. Zippers. Like, I can't. What are we gonna do? Hook and eyes? Like, yeah. We gotta pick one. All right, guys. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So some of those players. So I, I'm curious about what the what you expect the team to look like, and, and mm -hmm. as far as what kind of a strategy and tactically what, how the team's gonna play. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I say having a new coach come in, even though Freya was our interim coach at the end of the year, but mm -hmm. that was the last six weeks. At that point, it's a little bit of damage control as a. Sure. As a coach coming in, you just want to end the year on a good note. You're not coming in to switch the whole formation and change things up. So we actually had an off season now where Freya can really implement a plan and she and I could talk through what we what we want to look like and, and how we want to approach the game. And obviously that's allowed us to um, flip the roster a little bit and add some more talent to it that we think is going to help us, you know, have a more exciting brand of soccer. Hopefully put some more uh, more goals in the net. Um, so I think with with all of our additions, you know, we've been able to basically improve ourselves across every position which we're excited about. Um, as I mentioned, we picked up a, a series of positions through the draft and through trades and picked up some speed, a little more fierceness with McCall Zerboni in the midfield. She's a veteran right, right, player that's been around yeah. for a while. So yeah, she just got a little that courage. They obviously just won. Yeah, uh, yeah the title. she's she's just a, she's a winner. She's been on on winning teams for a long time and adds a little bite in the midfield, which is something I think we need. So we're excited. The the attributes we were looking for, we've been able to pick up and obviously we've got to go out there and perform now, but but we're excited about what we're what we're going into and what um what influence does carly lloyd have over all these decisions mm -hmm. you know because sometimes you know like lebron james even though he's not 
the GM or anything, but everybody's like, if if, if LeBron's not happy, this this move is not really going forward. Yeah. But I'm curious well, how much influence Carly Lloyd had on a lot of these decisions. Because she's very intense. One of the most intense athletes <laughs> I've ever come across. Yeah, you know, I, I'll be honest, I've known Carly a long time. We actually I, were together in Chicago many years ago when I was in a different role. So I've known Carly for a long time and have a great relationship with her. And um, she's, uh, you know, uh, somebody that I, I trust to talk to, obviously, as part of the game. So, you know, when we're, we're looking to make some of these trades, I, I do talk to her and, and make sure that she thinks it's a fit as well. Um, she's not going to have a final say in every decision, obviously. But, uh, you know, with her being our one of our captains and a leader and um, just with with the career that she's had, um, that's that's highly important to us. And, you know, a player like Mal Pugh coming in, that's somebody that that Carly is absolutely excited about to come in, believes that that Mal has so much potential still to reach. And that's I think great. Carly, as a veteran player, that's, you know, later in her career. Um, and, and I say I, I don't use near the end of her career because she has bionic knees and these amazing <laughs> ice packs. She's going to go forever. Yeah. Might have another five years at Carly. Um, but she's excited also to um, build a relationship with the younger players and to guide them. So I think we've got such a great mix of old and young on our team and veterans that uh, just a great set of personalities. I think that's really going to mesh well. That's great. Yeah, I, I'm like, I would take a final save from Carly Lloyd. I mean, she could decide my entire life. If, if Carly Lloyd was like a rubber arena, no Doritos. That's, <laughs> that's the rule. <laughs> but you heard Carly, right? Get him off the shelf. Do you think Carly could be, do you think she would be more of a coach or more of a GM? You think she'd be more of a front office or? That's a good question. Yeah. You've known her. Gonna, I know, right? I'm going to have yeah. to. I don't know. She it, she doesn't think that way because she's got so many years left to play, course, right? You yeah. know, it's like she's all hundred. She's a hundred percent at what she's doing, so she's She'll she's do, in it to play. Do both jobs and yeah. play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be fair, she's doing yeah. trades in the middle of the World yeah. Cup game. Uh, Elise LaHue, absolutely incredible conversation so far. Uh, one of the things that uh, you know pops up when it comes to uh, women's soccer is times are changing right now. But in the past, obviously, not a uh, great way um, to earn a lot of money. Right? It was very difficult to earn mm -hmm. a lot of money at the time. Um, in fact, one story came up of uh, Stephanie McCaffrey, who I believe there was a little bit of overlap there with Chicago with you. Um, she has said that she's going into finance and her goal, the only reason she's going in there is to earn enough money to buy a women's soccer team in the NWSL. When you view that, when you first watch that or when you first read that, I should say, the first thing that popped into my mind is like, man, that sucks that she has to do that, that mm -hmm. she didn't make enough money in her career to be able to just do that right away or at least be a partner in like so you see some of the NBA players and NFL players doing. But when you what it's also like what a great thing that you see someone who's like willing to go out and work just as hard to sort of get in the league, someone who really believes in the league, someone who really is pushing for the league. When you see that, what are your thoughts and what do you think of uh, sort of some of these former players starting to become owners or wanting to become owners? Yeah, I mean, my first thoughts, hell yeah. You know, yeah. you got to, yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> one, having a goal and then putting it out into the world. That's what I always say when I have interns. You know, if you know what you want to do, put it out into the world for as many people to hear because you never know who's going to help you along the way as part of the process. So, um, you know, when I walked into, you know, Peter Wilt and Marsha McDermott for the first day, I told Marsha I wanted her job, which was probably a bold sentiment. I probably could have worded it differently. <laughs> yeah, it you're just, fired. Yeah, it was yeah. just. Uh, Give me a job. They, they did let me volunteer for free for a few months after that still. So yeah. that was uh, that was good. Um, but yeah, I think it's to be bold. If you know what you want to do, put it out into the world. And, and I think it's absolutely she's so bright. I, I think she's tremendous. I have no doubt she's going to own a team. And, you know, if I'm still kicking around, I hope I can work for it one day. OK, uh, we have another question from the Gully Squad. This is from uh, Sean Forsyth. Uh, he asks, 
class, uh, now that we are seeing uh, some international NWSL stars move to English clubs, are you starting to feel the pressure uh, that the success of the NWSL has brought to women's soccer across the world? And like, and how will you cope with the greater competition abroad? No, I, I love it. I think the, the increased standard across the world and the increased investment in the sport just puts more pressure on us to do better. And I think that's really important. If, if we're the, the pinnacle league, and I, I still think from a competition standpoint, we absolutely are, and we are the best league in the world. Um, but when other leagues are going to continue to raise the bar, that's going to help us to raise the bar. So this competition is, is a good thing, and it's a good thing for players. If they've got other opportunities to make money overseas, it's going to make us have to raise the standard of what we can provide to them here at home. So I think it's it's good for everybody. And you know, fans having the accessibility to tune in now to, to watch games in England and, and elsewhere, um, watch games in Australia in the W League, I think all of this is just a positive for women's soccer. Right. He, he, he did ask another question. He said, uh, one only. You, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sean. Sorry. Well, I can't help you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get kicked out of the spot. <laughs> As, can, uh, can you please give Midge back? Pretty please. <laughs> he so did say pretty please. Let's start there. I, I said one only. Yeah. <laughs> no comment. I, you know what? It's Midge Purse, which one of the one of the greatest names I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Midge Purse. Mitch Purse. Mitch Purse. <laughs> yeah, it sounds authoritative. Uh, when you look at uh, so some of the rumors of LAFC trying to get a women's team, and like Mia Ham is there, right? So I'm sure that's a question. And we saw LAFC Slammers do really well at the mm -hmm. IFC. Um, ICC. Uh, ICC. Sorry, the ICC. Uh, Great channel. IFC. <laughs> IFC also. <laughs> Maybe you watched it on there <laughs> illegally. Um, we saw that. And, uh, you know, Atlanta United talking about wanting to have a, a women's team. What do you think about these sort of MLS clubs wanting to? have a women's team and what seems to be there seems to be a bit of a holdup are you i don't know if you're able to talk about that but what do you think some of the holdup is and, and do you think that that's like a positive for the future yeah i mean tremendous amount of interest from from a lot of clubs obviously you name two of the, the bigger cities that have mls clubs that may show some interest um but there's a lot of uh, teams around the country beyond that that have an interest in cities that have an interest i think for us as a league we got to figure out what's the number we're trying to get to um because at some point we may run out of opportunities to bring new teams in if we want to keep the league in a, a place of parity and make sure that we've got a good standard across the league. So whether that's 14 teams or 16 teams, I think it starts with us deciding what that number is and then figuring out who, who's going to be the next five cities that come into this league. Um, so it's it's awesome to see the interest. Obviously, that's important for us. And there's some really, really solid ownership groups on the table. So I think over the next year, two years, we're going to see uh, tremendous growth for our league. Thank you, Elise. You did it, Elise. Uh, for I did it. <laughs> <laughs> a real Together. victory. Elise, yeah. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, uh, is there anything uh, you may want to plug? Uh, where can people get season tickets for Sky Blue FC and support the NWSL? Dot com. Okay. Skybluefc.com. <laughs> yes, we've doubled our season tickets. So obviously a big turnout. We're excited. We want to double that number from here. So looking forward to the continued support. And, uh, you know, a big shout out to Cloud9, our supporters group that's been with us through thick and thin. All right, and yeah, excited we, to have that. Yeah, got, got, got the scarf, scarf over right there. there. Uh, and I can uh, tell you as well, uh, I will be purchasing uh, season tickets for the Sky Blue oh, FC. So I'll you'll see me. Credit card machine out of my bag. Okay. We'll make it happen right here. Can I demo you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at least we always wrap the show. Uh, very fun way. Uh, so again, make sure you follow us at Soccer Cooligans at Football Sports, and make sure you follow uh, Elise Lahue on Twitter. So with that said, for Elise Lahue, my name is Christian Polanco. That's right. And for Elise Lahue, my name is Alexis Guerreros. <laughs> and together, what are we? The, the